Welcome to the podcast. We do recover with Jared Miller, your host. And I'm Dr. Terry Sellers, your co-host. This is a podcast about recovery from addiction. We want to talk about what successful recovery can look like. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. Friday, Friday, Friday is my favorite day. We have exactly zero listeners that tune in to hear you sing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. For today's episode, episode 71, we have Kelsey Olson coming on. She's going to talk to us about her life in recovery, the recovery process she personally went through, as well as her business, Wellness Rediscovery Coaching. Before that, though, episode 71, part one is brought to you by our sponsor, Steps Recovery Centers. They are ready to help when you're ready for them to help you. Just give them a call. You can contact them either on the website, which Sean is showing, that's stepsrc.com, or you can give them a call at 801-800-8142. Love Steps. Awesome place. So, <laughs> thanks for the, the backup there, co Is that true? <laughs> what? Which part? That you love them, A, and then B. I'm I'm I, I realize I'm impartial, right? Because I work for I work for them, but I do love them. They treat I, me like family. I don't work for them, but I think they're a great place. They are. They're yeah. fantastic. Kelsey Olson. Hi. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> Woo. We made it. Great. How are you guys? What'd today? you think of my song this morning? It was beautiful. Thank you. See, You're she's welcome. nice to me. I like Kelsey. She's so nice beautiful. to me, sellers. So <laughs> I am the host of this thing, Jared and Miller. I, and I was gonna pay her. An advanced substance use disorder counselor. I'm joined by my co-host. Dr. Terry Sellers, board certified in addiction medicine. And Kelsey Olson is a... I'm a certified health coach and also personal trainer. And I'm in active addiction recovery. Boom. Boom. There it is. There it is. Well, Dr. Sellers. Uh, What? Should we start off? Uh, Sure. Let's start off. Let's have a podcast, shall we? Take it from the top. Okay, here's the podcast. Here's how we start. New and good. Boom. Anybody got any new and goods? Sean, let's start with you. We never start we with you. We always end on him. We're That's gonna, a great notice one. how loud I'm being? Yeah. I'm trying to counter trying um, to count how little, quiet. Loud voice. How quiet. He's having a little calm <laughs> voice. Like, the headlights. He's picking yeah. on you already. It's all good. I'm, yeah. I can good. take Don't it. Don't worry about it. Yeah. You have the great voice. <laughs> gotta, if I had that voice, I wouldn't have to scream to get people to You can have this voice. I can't. I like this cinema voice no. where he's like. Here, I'll, I'll teach have, you. This, how, this, is, how, this is me all the time, okay? Wait. This is how I talk. I sound like no, you right now. And what you do is just kind of bring it down a little bit and then get a little quieter and then get right next to the microphone. I don't know if I can do that or not. There it is. Not, no, it's not even close. Okay. Anything new and good in your life? Yes. In about 47 minutes, I'm driving to Phoenix to buy a car. What? Do wow. we know We know the car? <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, you're not just randomly driving to no, some no, no, random no, no, city no, and no. don't know what car you're no, getting. No, no, I'm getting a, a Civic hatchback. Oh, those those drive forever, apparently. I know. I need it because for the last two years, my wife and I have been having a discussion about her truck. I'm like, we need to talk about a car. Later, we need to talk. So today, when her car wouldn't start, we talked about a car. Yay! That conversation presented Civic itself. Back. And so I'm like, "Who has come. what? Where do we go?" And then it's like, "All right, six hour drive to Phoenix tonight, and then pick it up but, tomorrow morning." But then a six hour separate drive back. That's correct? right. And then on Sunday, I'm driving to Logan. Oh, I feel like you on the freeway. Oh my gosh! Miles and miles of Terry. Yeah, uh, you know, my car is now about five months old, and it has 19,000 miles on it. <laughs> and I bought it. It literally had four miles on it when I bought it. Unbelievable. I drive too much. Hey, um, what's your name? Co-host? Uh, Paul. Paul Miller. Jared. So my new Any and good. Any new and goods in your life? Yeah. Okay, yeah, tell yeah. us about them. So my new and good is tonight we have reservations to go to the Painted Pony. What? Yeah. I yes. love the Painted Pony. We Kelsey, should take Kelsey with us. Kelsey. I think we're going to. And her boyfriend, Kevin. I met him earlier. He's an Sweet. awesome dude. Yeah. So, I love having friends to eat dinner with. Exactly. Yeah. And Mandy and you. Things. So all five of us. That's, That's my new fun. and good. That's I love Painted Pony. That's a new good. It's a good. Have you been, ever been to the Painted Pony, Kelsey? Nope. I haven't been to St. George probably since 2015. It's really? It's been a hot minute. Well, you're going to enjoy the paint and pony tonight. I'm excited. Anything new and good in your life, Kelsey? I, I stole Our, that one. You can't use that one as your new and good. New now. and good. Yeah. I actually took up a second job doing freelance, independent contracting, personal training. So I have like 12 new clients with that. So between that and digital wow. therapeutic coaching during the day, 
I'm busy. You're busy. So that's a good thing. I'm addicted to coaching. Yeah. <laughs> now, there you but, uh, a lot healthier addiction than previous addictions. It's a positive. Yes. It's a positive cross addiction for it is. sure. So I'm busy with that, but I love it. I can get everything I've been credentialed in and kind of do it on, I don't know, like the health coaching aspect, personal training, and so and the nutrition. So um, get to do all all of that now. Awesome. Versus, yeah. Get a little friendlier with your microphone for me. Is that good? I love that. That's way better. <laughs> right into it. <laughs> Doc Sellers, what's mm-hmm. your new and good? Uh, new and good. Uh, do I have anything new and good? I just went with the deer and headlights look. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I got new and good stuff. I just can't remember what any of it is. I'm too old to remember. Well, you're rocking a jazz good. jersey, and you were telling us all about they're playing who tonight? I'm a jazz. They're playing the Ma- Dallas Mavericks. I'm a I'm a jazz fan. I also just bought uh, season football tickets for my favorite football team, which is not a mystery to anyone. That's a great Which, new and good. Yeah, it's a good new and good. I love uh, getting season tickets to so, the BYU Cougs. Yeah, mm, and you know no. they have a nice schedule this year. Utes. Go Utes! That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm double team. Uh, <laughs> Even look at the colors of the walls in here. It's black. Here's and the red. bad news. Well, red Dixie. Here's the bad news. I'm in charge of this podcast today, and I get to torture both of you guys since you're Ute fans. <laughs> Bring it on. Tell us a little bit about yourself. This is Kelsey Olson, by the way. We've introduced her once and twice, but <laughs> tell us a little bit about you just sort of right now. Right now? Like who you are. Who I am. What's up in your life? Who I am now. I am, like I was saying, full-time with coaching. That's uh, when I became um sober and wanting to get like kind of rehabilitated with my own health. I had my own coach to kind of get back on track with that. So right now I am full force with that. Um, it's been very rewarding to watch people rehabilitate their health and become the best versions of themselves, loving themselves again. Um, so right now that's a lot of what I've been focusing on and just, and just focusing with all the balances in life uh, my boyfriend and I uh, just moved to Utah back from Oregon recently in September. So just getting acclimated with that change of scenery, uh, being around my family more, has been really rewarding. So You grew up in Orem. I did. Yeah, you yeah. told me that before the podcast. So family's here. Yep, family's in Orem. A what little bit you? all over, but I'm the youngest of five. So. What? Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's that's good. fun. No, no, I, I mean, yeah. that's information that I want for sure. Youngest yeah. of five. I need that. As youngest a little, of five. Um. Yeah. Went to high school in Orem. Yep, Orem Tigers. Okay. Go Tigers. Yay. Currently in a relationship. I am. Shout out to? Kevin Freesha. Okay. I like it. He's been my biggest rock during my recovery. Awesome. It's so awesome. Yeah, it's so. so awesome to have a person that supports you no matter what. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We all need somebody. Absolutely critical. We do. <laughs> that, that's our biggest cheerleader, right? Absolutely yeah. critical. Yeah. Yes. I think it's really important. And we can find it in a number of different ways, but I think it's important that... We have a rock that keeps us grounded for sure. Good support systems yeah. for the rest of your life, pretty much, to maintain that recovery. So yeah, what were you doing in Oregon? So that's a little bit about my backstory too. I actually, um, so I went to college at the U, moved to Salt Lake after you know high school, and then my I was married before, and now I'm divorced. But uh, that previous relationship took us to Oregon, his okay. his job, and our our marriage at the time was kind of on the rocks anyway, but I just had this feeling to go and experience something new and see what would work for um, me as a person as well. Um, I was in active addiction during that time. Mm. Um, so we moved 2017 to Oregon and I was still in medical assisting in the medical field at the time. And so um, went and worked at OHSU, which is pretty um, reputable hospital there. Um, kind of similar to University of Utah Healthcare. For those of you that don't know, that's Oregon Health Sciences University. Yes. yes. OHSU. Sorry, I should. It's a great say, place. I should say the full it's name. A, it is a great place. It's got a great reputation for sure. Absolutely. So I ended up working there. Can I just pause you real fast? Sure. So you're working in the health industry while in active addiction. Absolutely. I'm just super curious. Do we want to? Been there, done that. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say, this sounds pretty familiar, sellers. Been there, done that. Yes. Do we want to explore that a little bit, or what do you we, think, Doc? You can explore anything you want to, my friend. Yeah. What did yeah. that look like? What was it? What, what? 11 years of healthcare. So, I don't know. I just, in, actu- in active addiction, 
you just become so functioning. You get up, you go to work. It seems very repetitive. You become complacent with your job just because you're more and more focused on the addiction. But you get so good with your job that just becomes like second nature while you're still trying to juggle this over here. So yeah, you. I don't, what do you feel like an imposter? Maybe like in the in healthcare field that you're like secretively addicted to this thing on the side, but you're functioning and everyone thinks you're doing okay on the outside, right? That whole like I'm functioning. You can see. That I got a stable job and and then at the end of the day I go home and drink or party on the weekends and then repeat, you know. So Is that what your struggle was with? Was alcohol? Alcohol was my main my okay. main struggle. Tell us how that started. It all started when I was a teenager, seventeen years old. My boyfriend at the time <laughs> was snuck don't, us. Don't name him. I won't. We won't say names. Yeah. We don't want to get sued. Other than Kevin. Yeah. And then my, <laughs> um, no, he just introduced me to alcohol. It was like uh, a dance that we all went to and we, we drank after. And then it just kind of escalated after that, the curiosity and just having fun with that, numbing out all those kinds of feelings you get. And then it just escalated from there as a teenager into college, college at the U, fraternity parties, you know, just going off the deep end with that and partying binge drinking at the u at the u that was going to be my question can't was believe that greek road. oh come people on sellers don't start pe- taking shots at the u are you pe- listen <laughs> you see what he did there i'm sure byu has some naughty people too uh, <laughs> <laughs> we just hide it better <laughs> yeah. we're, exactly. more, we're more ashamed of it exactly <laughs> although i honestly wasn't naughty at byu <laughs> But I knew a lot of people that were, so it's okay. Yeah. It doesn't discriminate. No. Was it was it back then, though? I think that's a key right there, by the way. A little point I want to emphasize. It doesn't discriminate, and that is you just pointed out she was in healthcare and and addicted, and I was in healthcare and addicted. It doesn't discriminate. It doesn't matter what you do. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter no. what you do for a living or what your job is. That's not relevant. It's Yeah, a great point. You put on this different face right. and you get it done you get your job done you're the functioning breed of that addiction and <laughs> functioning functioning alcoholics yep, functioning. i like to point out are on the same road that non-functioning alcoholics are but they're just not <laughs> as far along on the road that's it yes if you stay on the road you're going to become a non-functioning alcoholic you will so sure. my and question got, is just that, that is is it sounds like you were introduced at 17 mm-hmm. binge drinking in college yep I mean, my definition of an alcoholic is somebody who, who, I guess I'm going to get in trouble because I got a doctor sitting next to me on this. So go easy on me. I'm getting set to pounce, by the way. Yeah, I I can tell. Like when, at what point were you, did it cross over from binge drinking to almost like an obsession daily activity had DTs without it? Or when, or when was it, did it become a problem? Sure. And even more general, when did you think it was a problem or when was it a problem? Even if you didn't think so. Um, after college, I met my ex-husband when I was 19. We married young. I was 21. That's, that was the beginning of it was a very toxic past relationship. He was an active addiction as well with drinking, smoking. And so misery loves company. Like you just, we kept keeping each other down and I was married for eight years with him, with him for 10. And a lot of that just compiled. There was some infidelity in the relationship. It just caused a lot of mental trauma and you know, that I just suppressed for so many years. There was little moments of wanting to cry for help and try to get the help I needed, but then he would just bring me back down and we would bring each other back down. And it just kept spiraling to the point where it become it became a need. And then we became like roommates and there was just no healthy dynamic between us anymore. And then when we moved to Oregon, that it became clear as day that, we weren't really good for each other anymore. We had no friends or family around us. It was us in a new place, no one else around that forced us to figure that out. And within months we divorced. And then it was my journey of figuring out where I was from that day. And just, you know, it was May of 2017. Um, moving forward, finding that I was just severely addicted myself to the point where I lived in my own apartment, would be working coming home, drinking vodka all the time, and then just consistently got worse to where it became a need. At that point, were you, at that point, okay, stop, Terry. (laughs) 
Were you drinking at work? No, 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 no. Did no. you drink before work? No. Okay, it was always after work. After work. Was and it daily though? Mm-hmm. Okay, the and then what? What? Um, and don't you don't have to get too specific, but how much vodka were you drinking? I was drinking, I wouldn't say like a handle, but like those regular tall bottles at least once a week, plus wine or beer. And so it was just a combination of all those things. And then I actually met Kevin um, right when I moved into my own apartment after my divorce. I did not mean to meet him. It was just this random, met him at a bar, started conversating. So he's seen also the good, the bad, and the ugly of me. Um, so we, you know, I think a lot of it was, you know, just me suppressing traumas from my childhood as well as my my toxic marriage and divorce. And then it just escalated with the amounts I was drinking to where, you know, also I got to get up for work. I can't be too hungover. It's just this like hamster wheel, you know. You know what I like about Kelsey? Can I just real fast? Yeah, go ahead. I like that she can trace it back to one thing that drives me crazy as a substance abuse counselor and it's fine. It's it, but like week one, right? You get a new client, you ask them one of the, my prep questions to kind of get to know them is, so why do you use? And here's the question. Here's the answer I get. I just like to get drunk or I just like to do drugs <laughs> and fast forward typically into, you know, day treatment and then IOP, they can start to do what she just did right there. Mm-hmm. They can trace it back to something. Maybe it's complex PTSD where they've been in an abusive relationship over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's abandonment issues that they keep, you know, universe keeps putting in their life until they figure it out. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that I love this and I I've heard it from a previous podcast. One of our guests said the drugs or the drinking isn't the problem, right? Like people think that the drugs and the drinking are the problem. The drugs or the drinking aren't the problem. They're the solution. Does that make sense? Like it, most people who have a substance abuse problem, in my experience, this is the book of Jared we're talking here, okay? So I can be opinionated on this because it's my opinion. Have some form of untreated trauma, some form of untreated mental health. And so the substance abuse is the solution until it gets to a point where it's unsustainable. And then we have to look for a different solution. Mm-hmm. You lost your mind. Have I? No. You've heard me say on this podcast before, I, a long time ago, I decided I wasn't treating addiction. I was treating trauma. Exactly. Right. Like I, I totally agree That's with 100% that. That's 100% the reason. And it's the easy way out. Usually it's the most comfortable. It's a solution. It's not a sustainable solution. That's mm-hmm. a real point. Not. We haven't ever had anyone on this podcast who said it was, it worked for them forever. Right. It's not sustainable, but in the short term it works. It's the suicide installment plan. You're slowly killing yourself. Just. Over time, right? In, in installments. Yes, and like, then you get injured or car wrecks or legal issues, which I had multiple near-death experiences with it, too. The other thing that she pointed out, too, is a lot of the stuff happened in her childhood, and because there was substance abuse, like the trauma, the substance abuse led to the trauma, which then spiraled down faster. Like when the two come together, I got done saying the drugs or the drinking is the solution, mm-hmm. but the problem is, is it compounds the trauma because then you don't make the best decisions in other people. You don't put yourself in the best, in the safest places. Do you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Sellers? Sure. Yeah. Sorry. I'm getting off topic No, no, the trauma. No, you're not off topic. You're on, you're on topic. Yeah. A lot of my past trauma was like parents divorced when I was 12. My mom struggled with alcohol addiction. She's 22 years sober now, but just watching her go through that, you're like, I never want to do that. But then when you get older and you go through your own traumas, boom, and you're doing the same thing. Yeah. Right. Hiding your vodka, doing the same thing, and it's like, oh my gosh. But there is a concept that I've heard a lot from sort of one of my heroes is Dr. Drew, who's a addiction guy. Dr. Drew says that the, those things which were terrifying to us as children, like our, like our parents' divorce yeah. mm-hmm. or, or our parents' drinking, mm-hmm. those things that were terrifying to us as a children somehow become oddly attractive to us as adults. Yeah. You don't realize it's it until you go through the, your own trauma too. Yeah, it's the whole mirroring thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, I just in psychology we learn that children mirror, right? They they do what their parents what they see their parents do. And it used to be, I don't mean to take over this episode. Now I'm kind of starting to feel bad, but <laughs> they used fine. to think in psychology that that ended at a certain age because you don't get to talk in and the second segment. Perfect. Don't worry about it. And what they're finding out is it that doesn't happen actually mirroring happens our entire lives why do you think that they pay influencers why do you think you have famous people going on tv saying wear this cologne it'll get you know it'll make you happy like mirroring happens so yeah that totally makes sense 
even though it was a negative thing, she saw her mom go through the same thing. And to some degree, it affected you. Subconsciously, whatever you want to do, suppress it. This is still a coping mechanism that you see that you just think you should do. Um, And then it doesn't rear its ugly head till you get older. And then the disease just gets worse and you get worse and things start to happen. Um, Like towards the end of my addiction, I was hallucinating. And actually Mm. my epiphany moment where I, my aha, like I'm done was a bender of hallucinating and my mom had to find me on the find my friends app because I had no idea Oof. where I was in Portland. Oh, and in Portland. Yeah. Lost in Raining, Portland. rain boots. Like it was a, not a good look. Next day called in sick from work, crying to my dad, which is now passed. It's kind of a tender thing, but he helped me get into an addiction recovery center in mm. uh, Beaverton, Oregon called Cedar Hills. I mean, I just like found it on Google and I just took an Uber there cause I didn't have a car. Right. I, didn't, I chose not to have a car after divorce. And so I just got an Uber and went there and stayed. And that was the last day I drank. So uh, wow. I just was, I was done sick and tired of being sick and tired. Wow. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I love that too. <laughs> Can I go backwards a touch though? There yeah. was only, there's one point that you made that I want to reiterate to people that are listening. And that is, Sometimes uh, when we get into relationships which aren't working very well for us, mm-hmm. uh, we will drink or whatever it is your choice of numbing cream is. We will do that. And there are relationships that you cannot stay in unless you drink or drug. Yep. And we don't realize that because we're, we're you know, we're programmed as kids that we're supposed to stay in relationships. and we're Codependency. Not, right. Yeah. And so we Big do thing. that. And I think we, I see this all the time. We see this all the time on this podcast is sometimes relationships. Uh, I don't want to downplay relationships. They're super important in life. But mm-hmm. sometimes toxic relationships keep us sick. Yeah. And until we give up the relationship, there's no way we're going to be able to give up drugs or alcohol. Exactly. Once I got rid so. of that. And then realize that I had a problem on a personal individual level, then I needed to start to heal on my own, get the help I needed. And that's when I was like, I can't do this anymore. So. I got to look for a different solution. Yeah. Got to yeah. find a different solution. Yeah. Good. I'm happy about her dad. Like my, I, yeah. That was super my cool dad, of your dad to I do miss that. him. He I'm died sure. um, in a tragic accident oh, uh, 2019, sorry. the day after Christmas. Oh. I stayed sober through it. I just, Good for you. Yeah. Good job. And he what actually, a way to honor him. He got to see me at least one year sober. So at least he got to see that beautiful thing before yeah. passing. And well, so and he had a hand in that beautiful thing, right? He did. He's the guy who called and made the arrangements for you to go to treatment? We both. Is that? Yeah, well, he's like, you need to find a place or I'm going to bring you home to Utah. Mm. <laughs> like, come home to dad. You know, I was like, no, I need to do this here, you know. So he just said, make it happen. Cool. Super cool. Yeah. So if you kind of fast forwarded through your rock bottom. I did. I kind of want ADHD. So I'm like here, then I'm over here. So, so <laughs> I, I want to, we're going to get into life and recovery and what you're doing with your coaching uh, yeah. company in, in the second part of this thing. But I do kind of, I am curious, Dr. Sellers, I think is curious too, and share as much or as little as you're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. What did rock bottom look for you? What was the moment that you're like, okay, I'm surrendering. Was it the rain boots? Probably. Um, <laughs> the hallucinating, not but blacking mm. out every time. Mm. Scary as hell. Just so you like, were a blackout <sighs> drunk. Towards the end, mm. yeah. Um, just feeling sick and tired. And I had, you know, friends. They were bar friends, really, not sustainable friends. But just having that weekend bender of, uh, I don't know. I had many moments like that, right? I mean, I got in a scooter accident in Hawaii in 2015, split my head open, drunk, really drunk driving. I'm um, DUI. I've gotten all these things, right? You think those were my rock bottoms? No. My rock bottom was when I was finally out of my toxic marriage on my own, had a weekend where I'd had no family or friends around. Yes, I had Kevin and like my best friend, Jess, but it, I just was, I hit my, I was on my knees. I was done and I was sitting in bed really sick and I just couldn't do it anymore. I don't know. I just think it's, everyone's is a little different. For sure. And that one for me was just, I think, hallucinating and not knowing where I was in a city I don't really know. And it was just. And I appreciate you sharing that because yeah. I feel like rock bottoms are really important because that's when 
that's when you make that shift, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We got about 30 seconds left here. So or 15. Stay with us. Stay with us for episode 71. Kelsey Olson's going to share about her life in recovery, maybe what it looked like when she transitioned after the treatment center and what she's doing with her coaching company, Wellness Rediscovery Coaching, after this little 30-second commercial from our sponsors, Steps Recovery Centers. Thank you, guys. You are listening to We Do Recover with Jared Miller and co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. We'll be right back after this short break with more of We Do Recover with Jared Miller, sponsored by Steps Recovery Center and the Hilton Garden Inn. I'm Desmond Lomax, one of the clinical executives here at Steps Recovery. And once you become of the Steps family, you're just a part of the Steps family. A lot of us have overcome substances, overcome addiction, and now we're able to help other people. Second of all, we're also going to help you in a way where you can afford to be helped. Third of all, we're going to give you the same quality that many organizations are charging two to three times. And it's more about you than it is about our organization. We welcome you back to We Do Recover with Jared Miller, co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers, brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. And now with part two of our podcast, Jared Miller and Dr. Terry Sellers. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 71. It's our second segment. Our second segment is sponsored by the Hilton Garden Inn, which uh, you stay in there tonight. Yes, Kelsey, she stayed there last thing. night. Yes, yeah. Hilton Garden Inn. It's beautiful. Hanging they take out. really good care of our people, and they're beautiful place. Anyway, if you're if you happen to be traveling through Southern Utah, give them a little Google search. Just type in Hilton Garden Inn. They have great amenities. They have great rooms. They're clean. The staff is super friendly, and they're really, really good to our guests and to me. I stay there almost every time when I come down. So, Hilton Garden Inn. Give them a shot. They're really nice. Absolutely. And I got a little bit of uh, some, some checking in to do, a couple things going on, so I'm going to just take a moment here. Um, we are also sponsored by Recovery Strong. Recovery Strong is all about fighting addiction and strengthening recovery. Uh, be a part of changing the stigma. Don't be afraid to wear your recovery out loud. Go to recoverystrong.com. Click on the gear tab. They have a lot of – there we go. Sean's got it pulled up if you're viewing this. A lot of different shirts – Sweaters, hats. Again, Recovery Strong is all about fighting addiction, strengthening recovery. If you want to save 50% on checkout, just type in We Do Recover 15. That'll save you 15% off your entire cart. Thank you, Recovery Strong. Beautiful. Also, where did, did you have you guys seen the, the promo shirts? Oh, yes. I'm super stoked one. about oh, this. I forgot about that. I wrote you. Yes, you got one for sure. <laughs> Here we go. So we're doing some free giveaway, some free podcast swag. We got the Redo, We Do Recover podcast on the back of it. It just says in big, bold, uh, it's, we don't have a picture of it, but it just says the podcast on the back. So it's a double-sided shirt. It's pretty cool. I'm, I'm pretty stoked I on the design. I hate those single-sided shirts. Yeah, so that we have did the just double. a front and your back showing to the whole world. Right, yeah. So we got we to gotta do something about that. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to put Sorry. the podcast on the back. I like it. It's going to look like spray paint. I actually like, have that tattooed on my back already so that's awesome i'm not wearing a shirt so here's how here so of course we're not just like i i put it out on my story on social media right and i get people that just message me xl and i'm like okay hold on a minute did you read we would like for you we we humbly have two requests go to either our spotify we do recover with jared miller or apple Podcasts. we do recover with jared miller hit follow and then give us a review. And I'm not going to ask for a five-star review because I want people to be like, oh, well, he, he's paying his people to give him reviews. I can just hear it already. It's fine. Um, I actually love when haters message me. Did you know that? I get quite a yeah. few people that have opinions, and I just write them back. Thank you for your opinion. Um, anyways. <laughs> Good reply. So go to either Spotify or Apple Podcast. Hit, Ap- hit Apple follow. Apple Podcast. We don't like Spotify. We like Spotify. Do you, know, do you know I'm a lifelong Neil Young fan? <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Well, I'm just did you know Joe <laughs> Rogan and Neil Young are in a fight on over Spotify? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Got you. I'm not sure I support totally Neil in this thing, but I'm a Neil Young fan. so Got that. So sellers would like for you to go to Apple Podcasts. And I would like Jared for you to, like go, to go to, to either. Spotify. I'm cool with either. Yeah. And hit follow. 
give us a review and then direct message our Facebook. If you just t- go to Facebook and type in, we do recover with Jared Miller. You can hit message, message us, let us know what size t-shirt you want and what address to send it to. Those are going to be mailed out at the end of March. So we're going to do this t-shirt thing. I'm going to be talking about it for at least three more podcasts at the end of March. We'll get them shipped out. We'd love to send you a t-shirt. <sighs> we would love to. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get back to Kelsey. Okay. So let's get back to Kelsey. I want to go backwards really quickly to, oh man, there was a point I wanted to get back to, but I'm not, I can't remember what it was. She's so, taking us to treatment. She's in treatment now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you went to treatment in Beaverton, Oregon. Yeah. Cedar Hills. Yeah. So it's at Cedar Hills. Cedar Hills Behavioral Hospital. Was it great? It was scary because you're, you're in that vulnerable state. Sure. You're sure. detoxing Every, still. Right. You're, um, you know, it was a mix of substance abuse recovery, like uh, detox, as well as behavioral psychology, psychology ward. So some mental health stuff on yes. your same ward. Yes. I've been in hospitals, I've worked in hospitals where they mix those two and it's a tough mix. It's not mixed, but like there's a door. So like okay. my room was next to that door. And I remember very vividly this guy that was having a mental health breakdown and ramming his, you know. Head into the wall. Um, That's yes, wheelchair. And I just like, this is crazy. And I'm like shaky and trying to get like, you know, I don't know. It was just a weird environment, different. I bet a lot of that, though, was just the unknown. Oh, absolutely. Like, me and Sellers keep talking about this. We need to do an episode. Sometimes me and Sellers just do episodes where we talk about nonsense and we pick a topic. And we should do one of those sooner rather than later where we talk about what to expect when you go into treatment. Would be a great topic. Because, like like Kelsey's saying, sometimes the unknown is scarier than it needs to be. The unknown is always scarier than the reality. Well, I'm glad you shared that. Terrible statement. But the unknown is usually scarier than reality. And most treatment centers don't have a guy in a wheelchair banging on a door next to your <laughs> Absolutely. It was, other than that, it was, it was good. The nurses were awesome. It was cold, like a hospital, and mm, I wish yeah. it was a little bit more warm. Sterile and, and, yeah. Totally, but it just, so that was kind of weird, but. Um, How long were you there? Uh, five days. Okay. And then I went into IOP for the, like the eight to 12 week programs. Okay. In their outpatient, so I could go back to work. IOP was how many days a week for you? Uh, Three days. Okay. For three hours hours each time. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's where the healing started. Hey, can I, I'd like to point that out too. You know, a lot of times, uh, this is, I think, a, a point that maybe some of our sponsors might not love me making, but not everyone needs to go to residential treatment to get clean and sober. It's just not true that that's the only way to get clean and sober. There are a myriad of pathways to get clean and sober. I went to IOP. I didn't go to a residential treatment program, and I've been clean for 19 years. It's If you can't do IOP, if you do IOP and can't stay sober, okay, you definitely need residential treatment, but not yes. everybody has to have that. Absolutely. I think that's, that's a, an important point. That's a great, that is, that's a great point. And where I work for Steps, I feel like I can't speak directly for them, but I can share my opinion about that. I, I actually don't think that they would mind, right? Because honestly, if if you don't meet an ASAM criteria for a, an RTC level of care, I know Steps, we have inpatient, outpatient. We're totally fine starting you off at a lower sure. level of care if you can maintain right. clean time right. at that level of care. Yep. Now, typically what happens because you know, you work in this industry, you know, too, you work with people. Somebody comes in and says, oh yeah, I've got to, I really, I'm not, I'm not that bad. I can do a lower level of care. I want to start out there. And sometimes they do succeed. Oftentimes from experience, what I've seen is typically they under tell, they're not truthful about how much they're drinking or using. And so they need to be moved to a higher level of care because they give dirty UAs. Well, basically. Let's, let's be honest, success rates in this industry all overall aren't that great right so it's not a surprise if somebody can't maintain sobriety at the uh, at the outpatient level of care and for those people they need a higher level of care for yeah. sure sorry i feel like no we, okay, no okay. around the clock inpatient i get yeah. that yeah. what for, did for what, some people what so what did that do for you like because i realized you got stable in the hospital and yeah. then you said the healing the last thing you said was the healing happened there what the healing happened in iop with those Three days a week at night, whether that we'd be breathing, meditating, talking to each other. We, and it was a mix of behavioral and addiction. So like people with like B12 
BPD, bipolar disorder, or just having mental health breakdowns, meaning to go and get that help they needed, mm -hmm. as well as a mix of substance abuse. Mm -hmm. So I got that dynamic as well as just like a mix of people. And we would sit in a circle each time and, and talk, share if you wanted to, and just really move through the motions of recovery, getting the tools you need to maintain it and work through those past traumas and just how to move forward appropriately. That's where my the work started. Also seeing a psychiatrist during that as well as yeah, after. Beautiful. Being on the proper medication regimen that I was on. That might help not, a little bit, huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was it? I'm trying to think. Haldol? No. I'm kidding. Haldol's a no, really strong. I was it was. Kidding. I'm blanking it. It was the an antidepressant naltrexone. Or, oh, naltrexone tablets or tablets, tablets and okay. I did it for about a month. Okay, two, and Beautiful. then I've been on low dose Prozac to help with that. But I'm not ashamed of that either. It just sure. kind of helps with the mental health. Sure, I think a lot of the reasoning and the root cause of why I did what I did all the time also was you know ADHD, anxiety, depression, past traumas, all that together. You're just like you need an outlet. Overwhelmed, and yeah, yeah. So in recovery, obviously I lean more on, and I've always been into physical fitness. Uh, I always, I don't know what, how I did it, but in, in, uh, in active addiction, I was running marathons. Whoa. Yes. <laughs> Six marathons while I was still drinking. Like in the early stages or with like the heavy stages? Like in my twenties, like twenties okay. all the way till the when end. you were binge drinking. So you, yes. um, so you ran a lot earlier in your life. I did. And I still do. I'm actually training to do another marathon in April in my sobriety. This is kicking my butt right now in my thirties, but, um, so well, awesome fitness is a major Are you training recovery for a tool. specific marathon. Big sir actually got into it. You have to be wow. drawn to draw it to, uh, wow. running it. That's wow, cool. Right. How many marathons have you run? This will be the seventh one. Wow. And then 23 races. The others are all half marathons. Uh -huh. That's amazing. I'm crazy. Cool, cool, cool. No, that's cool. cool. That's no. way cool. Uh, yeah. That's my addiction okay. recovery but a tool. Healthy addiction. And so let, healthy, uh, uh, this is the direction I think we need to go exactly. now for the rest of the podcast is. Yep. So you got out of treatment. Yep. Tell us how you got from getting out of IOP to where you are today. Like what happened that molded who you are today and what you're doing today. And then I want to get into exactly what you're doing today. Sure. So just those first few months to six months I was popping candy like, like Skittles, like mm. Tic Tacs, <laughs> sugar <laughs> addiction, because you can't get rid of the alcohol. Now you need the sugar intake. Right. Which I've been doing I for had, 19 years. I've had the crappiest <laughs> diet, and I just felt crummy. I was going to smart recovery re meetings, and mm. people had mentioned like coaching and stuff. And so, and I was like really into that kind of thing. I didn't know where I was going to go, whether it would be addiction recovery counseling kind of therapy, counselor type stuff, or if it was going to be health coaching. And so I okay, just, can I, I I'm going to interrupt you for yeah. a sec. Cause there's a couple of really interesting points there. What, what attracted you to smart recovery? Um, I'm not, not that I'm not like religious or not at all, but I just, I like that, that that's not necessarily a, a program that's God driven, okay. but it's more open, like based by science and just other things and different facts. And I don't know. I just more logical, more logical to you. Yes. And not that I'm against an AA or right. anything. Right. I've been to those meetings too. I just adhere to that one a little bit more. And Again, I, uh, the only reason I wanted to point that out is there are a lot of different paths to recovery. Exactly. And whatever one works for you is the right path. Exactly. And that's not that I'm not like Christian or anything. Right. If, if there is an afterlife, great, but I'm just, What's I'm rather recovery was working for you. more of a logical approach for for me right so i stayed there i think that's the most important thing when considering a fellowship is what are you the most comfortable right. with right because if you're not comfortable you're not going to go if you don't go you're not going to work on that social piece you're not going to yep absolutely that and then yeah. all the time i talk to patients and they say oh i don't like aa because it's too blah 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 okay then don't do that yeah. right do, do something some, else do something that's else not for there's, there's a lot of other choices there out there. Is. and frankly if you don't like a particular meeting Go to another one. That's like saying, I don't <laughs> like Baskin Robbins because of <laughs> ice cream. There's 31 right. flavors, dude. Try right. a different flavor. Right. Yeah. Right? Or go get frozen exactly. yogurt at that yeah. point. Or, or yeah, sure. exactly. But yeah, so just uh, the recovery part of it. Anyway, just coaching. And so and my boyfriend actually was like, what are you going to do next? Because I'm like, was kind of at this crossroads. Like 
I don't know what to do. I want to do something about rehabilitating people in addiction recovery. It's very passionate, a passionate thing for me. So I ended up just starting like a, a fitness with addiction recovery is what it was originally called mm-hmm. on Instagram. And then, you know, you get your followers or whatever. And then I just started posting stuff from the heart, very, you know, content, working on my content. Then I found, okay, well, maybe I want to do more health-related rehabilitation. So and then I got the certification through Health Coach Institute, went through the avenues to get that, started health coaching uh, because with my healthcare background mixed with that, it was just like this beautiful combination of, you know, what I know to what I'm learning and so um, started doing that, um, got a job not that long ago at Dario, and they do digital therapeutic, um, what is it, for multi-condition diagnoses. So I, I do health coaching and that, that aspect of things, smart goals, motivational interviewing, that kind of approach. And then I have my own company that I, you know, uh, started 2019, 2018, Wellness Rediscovery, I made that name, the logo, its meaning behind it is to help people in sobriety recovery rehabilitate their health. And so I have an Instagram page for that as well as a Facebook. And so just kind of pouring my heart and soul out there on there, just telling them my stories and my struggles with health and rehabilitation with like nutrition and exercise and that those are really great tools in recovery. And so that's the kind of Recovery for a lot of things. Exactly. And so a mix of me doing health coaching with one place as well as my own, I have different, you know, things that I'm doing as well as uh, most recently is the personal training thing. And I got my credentialing through NASM and I'm one of those do it all kind of person. So got all my degree, like, you know, certifications. And now I have my own company as well as coaching other people outside of recovery with just health, you know, rehabilitation in general. Okay, so, so let's talk about your company. Okay, you said real you, quick, real quick. Okay. We're going to go there. We're definitely going to go there. I'm leaving the cliffhanger so people listen or watch the whole thing to hear about her company. See what I'm saying? Yeah, let's go into there's, the last there's, five seconds there's a and to my side. company. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, just real quick. She said something I wanted to point out because this is a pet peeve of mine. Okay, go ahead. Okay. I don't... <laughs> okay, here we go. Um... She, a lot of people, you see people on Instagram and Facebook, you talk about the social media piece and they go on and they post and they get super vulnerable. Mm-hmm. But to me, I always want like, do the work. Like you're, you have a certification to be a coach, right? Yeah. Health coach, life coach. And then you went to, and got the national certification to do the strength conditioning, right? Like, yeah. like get credentialed. My thing is, is I think it's great if you go on and you're vulnerable and you want to help people, yeah. but help them in a way where you have the, the license, the credentials, the means to do it. You know, if you're just going on every day to, to rehash your story or reshare your story. Influencer at that point. Right. Like at that point, it's more about you than it is about helping people. Because if you wanted to help people, you would find an avenue to be able to help them. Does that make sense? Am I making sense here? Totally. It's just my personal pet peeve. Like you're talking about transitioning from telling people about your story to helping them, giving them tools to help themselves. Yeah. Because otherwise it's just your opinion. And look, there's a lot of people out there that are in recovery and have an opinion. That's great. But if you want to move from inspiring people through your story, which I think is a fantastic thing Mm -hmm. to actually being able to functionally help people move, you know, progress in their life get credentialed, do the work, do the hard things. Like, yeah, that's, that's all I'm trying to say. No, okay. I agree. It. I agree that we have the correct tools to do it in a way that's not going to hurt them, injure them. And, you know, I don't know, it's just appropriately progress them in the right direction. Well, there's things you learn like ethics, like it's unethical, yeah. certain things are unethical. And if you don't get some kind of credentials, if you don't get some kind of education, you're just going to blur all those lines. Yeah. But confidentiality, privacy, HIPAA, exactly. everything in the healthcare kind of, you know, spectrum, but no, I agree. It's just, you know, you can also have those pages to be like an influencer or just, just be a voice for people in the recovery, sobriety. Or you can also, like you said, be someone who can, you know, help them. Like, where do you want to go next? Like, oh, you're struggling with your, fu- your food, your nutrition, movement, whatever that may be. Like, what is it that you're struggling with? Let's work on those small okay. things. You I know? need some help. How yeah. do I, how do I? You need some help? 
Yep. Help with what? I'm just being hypothetical. Yeah. Let's, I need some help. First of all, how do I get a hold of you or how do I get in touch with your company? Wellness Rediscoveries on uh, Instagram, WRD Coaching is my handle. WRD there, Coaching. Yep. And you can just direct message me on there. There's a link tree on there with all of my information, my website, my personal training website, um, local recovery centers you can go to, uh, just kind of information there. So um, let's actually pull up the website if, if we don't mind. Oh, I think Sean's got, <laughs> if you could, I know, I'm i sorry. You caught him unaware. Are you ready? It's wrdcoaching.com. Yep. I haven't w really vamped that R up or redid okay, well, it recently. It's great though. It's yeah, a fantastic It's a website. good foundation. Okay. Yeah. What so, do you offer me? What I would offer you is one-on-one -on -one coaching. We could okay. do uh, weekly sessions. Uh, we meet over Zoom calls or telephonically. Um, it just depending on what the needs are, if you're wanting more intimate, like, accountability coaching uh, to kind of help you in either any part of your life like self-love self-care uh, rehabilitating your health like on a nutritional level or getting exercise and movement in what does that look like in your recovery so that's where I could be like a one-on-one -on -one coach with you I have different programs like 90-day programs where we go each week 12-week program in depth on like your habits with food your you know mindset behind food or life, like it's very modifiable and changeable change to the client and what their needs are. Okay. What well, so, I, I got, go ahead. Yeah. So we got the, if you're watching this on YouTube or Facebook, those are our two that we do the video part of this podcast. We got our website up. Walk me through this. WRD coaching. Yes. So the, f that's my main page just with some reviews, a little bit about me and my educational background landing page um, and then this is just my bio basically saying uh, that I've been through addiction recovery and was on the path of you know self-sabotage and destruction with my health and the behaviors I had and trying to figure out a way to get out of that and be healthier overall mentally physically and so that was kind of like my journey on that page the about me is uh, kind of about that and then uh, just wanting to help people uh, rehabilitate and recover uh, with their health and then just different programs I have different uh, options I have with coaching I also do like cleanses to kind of reset for gut health so like that kind of a focus and then fitness training um, virtual training another 90 day total transformation and then nutrition only coaching it just a lot of different options that people can choose from they can book appointments on that website and it'll come straight to my email. Um, my my first calls with people is always free just to kind of see if we're a good fit because it's an investment in, in themselves and in, with their money. And so I want to make sure that it's a good fit overall and that we vibe and have a good connection. So they don't have to send you money before they get to know you. No, I always do the free consultation. Because awesome. like, cool. I feel like that's the correct thing to do. I don't, I don't cool. charge for that up front. I want to make sure that we're a good fit, but a lot of the times people get to that point and they're interested and then they just aren't ready. And, you know, they don't call or don't show up or, and then the people that do show up and they, they are ready. I just, it's, I can't explain it. It's an exciting feeling to be able to be, to get, to get someone at that vulnerable level and they're ready to go and change. And you're there to walk them along the way, hold their hand. It's, so, you know what I, Go ahead. My, awesome. The point there is you've actually been to that point and mm -hmm. experienced it yourself. Exactly. And this is really common among people in early recovery is heading the direction you did, which is somebody helped me. I want to do that for somebody else someday, yep. which is what sort of keeps me going in my job is there was somebody there that, that really helped me out early when I was incapable of helping myself. I'm so privileged to be able to do that for other people. So that's where you are. Absolutely. Giving back and having that purpose. You have to have a purpose or else why, why live? Yep. <laughs> so a little takeaway that you have fun little fact. I don't know if many people fun know fact. this. Okay. Fun little fact. You uh -oh. guys are going to love this. Uh -oh. uh, I don't know if you knew this or if our listeners knew this. Are you going to get to the point at some time? I'm building anticipation. Okay. Cause we only you know? have two minutes left. You don't have a Kay. lot of anticipation to build. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He's shutting it down. No, I'm just being a jerk. Emotion follows action or events. Mm -hmm. Emotion follows action or events. So if you get a hold of Chelsea or Kelsey, sorry, right. and and 
oftentimes she said, they're just not ready. Well, guess what? You're never going to be ready. Mm -mm. You're never going to be ready. Yes. Like you, here's how it goes, right? If there's an event that happens, I feel sad about it. There's times that I don't want to go to the gym, but if I go to the gym and I start, guess what? All of a sudden I get in the zone and now I want to be at the gym Mm -hmm. because my action has created that emotion right? Like people think that they have to feel a certain way before they start to do something. It's that's actually completely opposite. Mm -hmm. Emotions or feelings follow events or actions. And habit loops, breaking those habit loops is the biggest thing. Yeah. So guess what? If you don't feel like doing something, start doing it. Then it becomes an automated behavior done. Yeah. And you're making positive change in your life. That's all I had. We're almost uh, great. Thanks by the way. And I wasn't, (laughs) I was trying to be a jerk, but uh, (laughs) and I I succeeded. I love Um, we can give each other a hard time. uh, Sure. We have a minute and a half left, but I I, want to bring out one point that I don't think we've really talked about yet that I think you do. I call you, I've got a, I've given up alcohol and I've given up benzos and I'm super anxious and I can't, what are you going to help me with? First off, I want to make sure you have the right medical, like, um, what is it? Uh, You have either you're seeing a doctor, you're getting the care you need on that perspective first, because that's out of my scope of practice. Sure, great. I'm here for the behavioral like habit change to kind of help you get on a better path to help navigate that anxiety. What does that look like to you? I would ask you what kind of things help you as a healthy outlet to navigate your anxiety or get through that. So what would that be? Movement, exercise, journaling, meditation, anything, right? What would Beautiful. that be? I would, I would motivationally interview them. I would guide them in the direction that they already know. It's just, that's what a coach does. We don't tell people what to do. We guide them because they know themselves the, the best at the end of the day. Okay. So, uh, sorry, we're really close to out of time. Okay. Uh, I really appreciate you being here. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, WRDcoaching.com. Mm-hmm. Wellness Rediscovery. Yes. Kelsey Olson. Yes. Thanks for being our guest. Yes. We have about 10 seconds left. Anything you want to throw in at the very end? I just say, I, I love this. This is so fun. I love connecting yeah. with people like Kelsey. Kelsey Olson, thank you so much. Thank yeah. you Sean, you never get enough love. Thank you for do, putting <laughs> up with us and producing this. Dr. Dr. Sellers, always a pleasure, buddy. Love you. I agree. Thanks, have a good time. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on We Do Recover with Jared Miller. Help us spread our message of hope. Like, comment, and share. If you have any topics or ideas for future shows, please share that on our Facebook page. That Facebook page is We Do Recover with Jared Miller. If you or a loved one needs help, please reach out to us. Again, thank you for listening. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. This has been a production from A Podcast Studio.